Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Crash, the UK Geek Podcast. This is episode 432, recorded on Sunday, the 17th of April, 2022, at 22.57.44. Ah, oh, yes, I am back. And happy Rama Navami, and also happy Easter, Rama Navami, Hindu festival, happened recently, Easter. Well, it is Easter Sunday today. I'm not particularly religious in any case, but I did have my couple of Cadbury's cream eggs today, and man, they have got so small, haven't they? They're more like little robin eggs rather than fatter bird eggs of some kind that I remember from when I was a child. When I was a child, did we even have... Probably teenager. That's maybe when they came into existence. I'm not going to Google that. This pod, this extra pod, has grown in scope since I announced that I'd be doing it in addition to restarting my two regular shows per week. That means there might be a need to do some topic wrangling for the rest of the shows this week. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. If I don't have enough to talk about tomorrow, I'll do an extra Vintage Doctor Who podcast. If there are lots of things I forget to say in this pod, then I'll do a more general pod tomorrow. But there are definitely going to be three pods this week, if you include this one. And then the following week, we'll get back to normal with our Everything Geek pod on Monday, recorded on Monday anyway, and released on Wednesday. And then our Vintage Doctor Who Revisit, recorded on Wednesday, and put out on Friday. This episode is to both celebrate my return to podcasting, and what I thought was sending Jodie Whittaker off in style as she departed from Doctor Who. But yeah, like I was thinking of doing with the previous Doctors but never did, it would be nice to send a Doctor off in style, which is what we will do when we get to the final Jodie Whittaker episode, which is not today's. My research clearly wasn't that great because this is, in fact, her penultimate outing as the Doctor. We'll talk about that in a bit. There are lots of other things to talk about this week because I've been away for so long. There is so much more. I don't know, I'm all over the place today. It has been about a month since our last broadcast, so it's not surprising I'm a little rusty. And there is suddenly a lot of traffic outside too. Thanks for that traffic. Okay, then let's get on with it and start off this bucket load of geek. Before we get into media and stuff like that, let me tell you what's been happening here and why I've been so absent. And that's really down to health stuff. Not just my health, uh, which I've talked about before. Crippling acid reflux, which sounds ludicrous, but if you have it, 
you'd understand, and I've got some kind of eczema problem as well. But there is also the health of my family, mum and dad. Their health is generally okay, but they are getting on, so that means lots of trips to the doctor and to pick up prescriptions and go to the dentist. In fact, I'm taking my mum to the dentist and my dad to the doctor the moment the Easter weekend is over on Tuesday. The computer also had some problems, bad problems. I might have been back before this long had it not been for my computer just going nuts. My Mac Mini, my Mac Mini from 2012, an Intel Mac Mini. I suspect there is a RAM problem because every six months or so, for no reason I can ever fathom, the computer will just refuse to boot. It's definitely not a bad sector. I've done scan disk and all that stuff, and yeah, I don't know what the hell it is, but I suspect bad RAM. So much for Apple's incredible reliability. I still need a new computer, but I need a lot of things, and things are expensive. So what else has been unhealthy at Castle Ryanstein? Well, my phone is holding a charge less and less. It is quite old. It has been bashed about, and I've used it heavily. My car is in and out of the garage. Hasn't been lately, but... You know, it's not a very reliable car. It is a big American car. The fence got blown down again. Do you remember earlier this year when I said my fence had been blown down in high winds? Well, guess what? I fixed the fence. I thought it was now windproof. It was not windproof, and it got blown down again. Not as bad as last time, but it did mean dismantling the last repairs I did. And when I was mending the fence... I think I've lost all practical ability and I've become a proper white-collar wimp because I went out there with my drill to attach these support beams from old furniture, a bed, actually, and I got the drill out to drill this hole in the fence and I almost blinded myself immediately. While I was tightening the drill bit with a chuck key, I accidentally turned the drill on and the thing flew up, hit me in the glasses, bounced off my head and disappeared into the undergrowth. Now, I've repaired the fence and it seems absolutely fine, but I have now lost my chuck key, which is incredibly annoying and it was weirdly sentimental because I've had that Bosch drill for a very long time. I tried to look for the chuck key by fixing up an old Micronta metal detector. (laughs) Do you remember Tandy? It was from Tandy. Unfortunately, the battery compartment was heavily corroded, so that didn't work. I spent hours raking through the undergrowth looking for this chuck key. I couldn't find it, which means I had to put the drill back in its box with the drill bit still attached. I feel like a complete and utter plank. I don't know. I used to mock people that couldn't use tools. I mean, I'm no expert, but compared to my cadre, the people in my peer group, I'm a bloody genius. (laughs)
<laughs> Which isn't really saying much for my nerdy peer group. But yeah, that's it. The chuck key has gone. I looked for a new one on Amazon today. Couldn't find anything decent. All the chuck key engagement bits, the cog bits, the teeth, looked quite wonky and badly made. And none of them seemed drop-forged. I think my chuck key was a single piece of drop-forged steel. Oh, man, tools have become so crap now. I'm just talking about this too much. The house also needs some work. I had these strange noises coming from a closet. <laughs> That's not a metaphor. <laughs> it's not a horror story either. I had some strange noises to go along with the strange noises that occasionally come through my ceiling from the lunatic that lives in the attic. I couldn't figure this out. Then I noticed that there was a strange buzzing sound coming from the circuit box for the house, which is on the ground floor, generally in line with the top floor closet and the water tank. And then I thought, perhaps it's something to do with a fuse box or the power system in the house. I don't really know what I'm talking about. So I googled, and yeah, apparently you can overload a circuit and it can make the fuse box buzz. And also, it can be quite dangerous because you're overloading something. I couldn't figure this out. I mean, what had changed since I was getting those buzzing noises? The only thing I could think of was the microwave. We'd move the microwave from one side of the kitchen to the other. And I thought to myself, that can't possibly be the microwave, because the microwave isn't always in action, it's not always turned on. So, what can be making that noise? There is no clock ticking away either, no LED, unless the microwave is actually on and being used. It couldn't be anything as stupid as that, could it? Well, apparently it could. When I unplugged the microwave, that noise went away and it hasn't come back. Now, if that noise comes back after all this, and I don't know what the hell's going on, then we definitely need an electrician or a heating engineer. God help us. More tradesmen in here. <sighs> and that is the update on the house, and the family, and the car, and the computer, and the phone, and everything that's been sick. Though not including dealing with the huge bureaucracy of the UK, because I picked completely the wrong time to renew my passport. That became a fiasco, because what I didn't realise is everyone was renewing their passports for their Easter holidays. What I should have done was just wait. However, I did get a new passport, but I still have not received the documents I sent them, which is quite worrying. That included my old passport and the passport to the other two countries that I'm a citizen of. Hopefully they will turn up at some point. And then I've got the fiasco of renewing my Canadian passport, which, if you thought renewing the British passport was difficult, this one is ridiculous. You need two references, a guarantor, 
That is absolutely nuts. You've already gone through this to become a citizen. Why do you need to do it again? Bloody red tape. Oh. And then on top of that, let's not forget that there's a nasty war going on not so far away. And we've also got a very hostile to migrant governments at the moment, which seems to want to deport everyone to Rwanda. Of course, all this stuff preyed on my mind, and being otherwise fully occupied with all this stuff spinning around my brain, I forgot to pay some bills, which added to the overall excitement. As you can well imagine, if you're in the UK and you forget to pay your monthly council tax, they do not wait long to send you a red letter. To sum all this up, I am worn out. Hence, there has been no podding and not so many tweets until today. I want to say that all this is over, but let's not put the cart before the horse. Ah, oh, man, I'm glad to be podding again. Podding? That just doesn't sound right. I am glad to be podcasting again. There, that's better. And although money and fame is not my motivation... <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, as if that's ever going to happen. Oh, by the way, money and fame, it's not really relevant, but yeah, there is another job that I need to apply for, and I'll tell you about it if I have any success in getting that job. But as I said again, references, I don't know what I'm going to do. Money and fame, yeah. Not why I do this. Not why I do any creative thing that I do. However, it would be nice to get some kind of recognition, some kind of support. So if you like the show, get in touch, because right now I could do with all the encouragement you can send me. I'll let you know how you can do that at the end of the show. And finally, after all that personal chit-chat, let's get on to the culture section and talk about The Wanting Mayor. This is an odd one. I watched the first half of this film by Nicholas Ash Bateman, then talked about it in pod 415 from 2021. I say this is unusual. Actually, this is very, very usual for me. As I've said many times to many people's irritation, and then I've been told that I don't really believe that, but I kind of do. I don't do linear time, so it isn't that unusual for me to start something, there being a long gap, and then I finish it much later on. Anyway, started talking about it in 415, only just finished watching it recently. And now I'm ready to talk about it in pod 432. Though, as Douglas Adams says, time is an illusion, though he was talking about lunch. In my show notes, which shows you how long ago it was since I've written these notes, it says, "Mm, lunch. I tell you, since my acid stomach, food has not been foremost on my mind. Okay, let's get back to where I was. The Wanting Mayor was initially 
executively produced by Shane Carruth, who has since given up filmmaking. Unfortunately, he's a really good filmmaker. The Wanting Mare is a low-budget science fiction film set on a colony planet. By the way, Shane Carruth, watch his excellent, dreamy and very weird upstream colour, then listen to Pod 22 from 2014. Sorry, that was a digression. Back to The Wanting Mare. Set on the fairly run-down colony planet, we follow a young woman who is a resident of that planet. It is a world divided into the haves and the have-nots. She is one of the have-nots. She is hoping to follow the annual export of horses to a distant, prosperous city. Sounds intriguing, and technically it is science fiction, but I saw precious little of the science, and it did not make me want to immigrate to Mars on one of Elon's Vonderships for a chance to begin again in a golden land of opportunity and adventure. By the way, another digression. If you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I'll go back to pod 415 from 2021 and hear what Roy originally said about the first half of The Wanting Mare, don't really bother because part of what you're listening to now has been cobbled from that. All in all, The Wanting Mare then. It is beautiful to look at. It does, however, look like it was made to a small budget. And there's not enough going on to hold my interest. Even the dialogue is too terse, which is something I never usually say. I usually think there's too much dialogue. I definitely do not in this case. And the film has a damp, squib ending. It doesn't leave you feeling uplifted or disturbed or really anything at all. It's not a bad film. It's certainly an arty film. But for me personally, it wasn't something I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought the acting was okay and the filming was pretty good and it looked quite interesting. I don't want to be too cruel to it. I think the filmmaker has a promising future. I just think a film like this requires a certain taste, which I do not have. Let's move on to something else. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes, I've finally watched this. Peter Parker, played by Tom Holland, fouls up Doctor Strange's forgetting spell, which he asks for because he wants to reverse his unmasking in the previous film, Far From Home. When I say he fouls up, he goes into kind of ADHD mode in the middle of the spell and keeps interrupting Doctor Strange. You would have thought that the Sorcerer Supreme had a little more mental discipline, but no, apparently not. And his interruptions makes the spell go wonky and sends the entire multiverse into chaos, bringing back his old arch-enemies like Dr. Octopus and Sandman and Electro 
and the lizard. But help is at hand because not only are his enemies returned from different universes, but so are the other Spider-Mans, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Wait, you say, where's Miles Morales? No, he's not there, though he is theorised by Electro, who thought a masked superhero from Queens would be black. Spider-Man No Way Home is okay. I did watch it twice. That's a good sign. It's alright, and I'm always happy to see Spidey on the screen. The small screen, the big screen, in comics, I love Spider-Man. And a sequel is confirmed. Well, it should be. It's made a monstrous amount of money. I think it's going up to $2 billion. What I enjoyed about the film, really, though, was Doctor Strange's presence. And we see a little of a clue to what we'll see in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. If you're interested, the UK release date for that movie is... 5th of May 2022, that's one day earlier in the UK than the US. The one thing that really struck me was Benedict Cumberbatch's syrup. That wig should have a casting credit all of its own. What is up with that wig? (laughs) Ah, Spider-Man No Way Home, yeah, it was fun. And I'm looking forward to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness as well. My throat's getting a little parched. Spare me a moment. Okay, I think it's time I took a short break. You're going to hear a tone. I'm going to have a break. And then we'll return to the show and talk about Scream. See you in a moment. Okay, I am back. Just from a break of a couple of minutes. Probably a couple of seconds, actually. It wasn't that long at all. Ah, could have done with a longer break, but then this would drag on a bit. And I'd lose momentum as well and forget where I was. Let's talk about Scream, the 2022 Sequel slash reboot slash requel. Requel is a term I actually learned from Scream 2022. This is the successor of the late Wes Craven's original deconstruction of the teen slasher franchise. The movies have always been meta, so when I watched the latest movie... I watched it a couple of days ago on the 15th, Uh, it's two days ago, at midnight. The special Castle Royenstein midnight movie showing. (laughs) I thought that I would hate the meta-arty nonsense, and yet I didn't. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. I'm more of a schlock and (laughs) shock person. 
I don't like overly arty films. I don't mind films that are just very good and happen to be about an arty or literate subject. That's okay. But I don't like faux arty. And yeah, I wasn't disappointed for a change. The film was about so much. Of course, it is about the continuing Woodsboro serial killer plot and the copycat murders that follow it over the years. There is also the usual commentary on teen slasher movies, which is clever and comedic. But we also see Sydney and Gail passing on the torch. <laughs> when I say torch, what I really mean is the phone, the knife, the gun, to the younger Sam, a new character. It also addresses toxic fandom. Very, very obviously refers to Star Wars, though it isn't directly named. And it does all that while managing to even exceed the exceptionally bloody violence of the series, which is really an amazing accomplishment. If this has whetted your appetite for more Scream content, I have talked about the franchise often enough on this pod, and have even devoted Crash 340 to the preceding four movies. I think that was part of my Halloween celebration. Crash 340, I don't know how long ago that was. Oh, yes, it must have been 19 or 18. I don't know, I just don't know. Let me move on. But anyway, before I do move on, the new Scream film from 2022, just released recently, is very good. Let's move on to Severance. This is Ben Stiller's Kafkaesque science fiction Apple show about office workers who are trapped in a weird, pointless, repetitive existence. Unfortunately, there were too many stars in this show. I'll be more specific. John Tuturo and Christopher Walken. They are both actors I greatly admire and really enjoy watch work, but having them both play to each other means hamming it up. They appear to be unconsciously outdoing each other, not in a vicious way. It seems they are fond of each other as actors, but put them together and I think there's a little overacting. It reminds me of the same way that Ian McKellen and Derek Jacobi hammed it up in the abysmally smug ITV sitcom Vicious. And again, Ian McKellen, Derek Jacobi, two actors I really like. Put them together, I don't know what happens, they cancel each other out and it was horrible. So that part of the acting between John Tuturo and Christopher Walken I did not enjoy. I also think that Severance is too quirky for its own good, even for my taste. And I am a quirky fellow, as you can probably hear from my delivery of this pod. The thing is, the story is already a very odd one. Add and behaviour, and it all becomes a bit too much. 
That's really a pity because I enjoy paranoid science fiction of the Philip K. Dick variety and this is it. It should be exactly my kind of thing. The execution of it means that it isn't. I think Severance should have been played straight and the filming could have done with more atmosphere. I'm sure they thought the lightness of tone would contrast jarringly with the sinister plot, which I haven't even mentioned yet. Probably something to do with identity and time-sharing a body. Something along those lines. Which all adds up to something that should be fairly gripping, but it isn't. And I think the way it's produced downplays the drama. And that's Severance, not for me. Next, The Walking Dead. The show has entered its final season. Thank God. So far, we are seeing a lot of loose ends getting tied up, both inside and outside the Commonwealth. But me, personally, I'm most focused on the nerdy anti-hero Daryl's journey. Obviously, because I'm a nerd. I'll talk about it again when the season ends. But I am watching the last season of The Walking Dead. Yeah, to a certain extent, hate watching it. I just want to get to the end, for God's sake, and bury it. Six feet under. <laughs> Let's move on to Star Trek Picard. Picard Bot is back and tangling with Q. And not only that, but even as an elderly robot, Picard still cannot commit to having a girlfriend. For God's sake, robot man. What else bothered me? Why dig up that awful dated Star Trek science of the Galactic Barrier? Why is this just a rehash of the voyage home? What's with all the musical numbers? Why am I still watching it then? Because I love Star Trek on an almost genetic level. But, for God's sake, please up the hard science content. I hope that Strange New Worlds has some of that hard sci-fi. That's what I'm craving, that's what I need. But thank you for continuing to make Star Trek, even if I have my problems with some of these miniseries. Oh, Moon Knight. Well, Oscar Isaac's accent is still bad, but it is not as bad as Carl Urban's attempt at Cockney in The Boys. So that's something, and I am giving the series a chance. There was a scene, however, that was highly ridiculous, and that is when the god Khonshu, which controls and endows Mark slash Stephen with his powers, turns back time to read the night sky of the distant past. And that is ridiculous, given that astronomy programs like Redshift have been able to do this for decades. I've probably even talked about that particular program on this pod years ago. Okay, artistic license, but I'm sure a lot of people notice that. Oh, I don't know, they should have made a different part of the show spectacular. The last episode that I saw did have quite a lot of amazing fighting, which is something, 
I am tolerating the show, and even occasionally enjoying it. Some of the enjoyable bizarreness, like that ice cream van fight in... I think that was the first episode, reminds me of Legion, which, by the way, I still haven't finished. Sorry, but yeah, linear time. Not my thing. Moonlight, then, yeah, worth a watch. If you're from the UK, particularly London, just slightly muffle your ears when Oscar Isaac does London. Finally, let us move on to the titular item this week, Doctor Who Legend of the Sea Devils. This is Jodie Whittaker's penultimate outing as the Doctor. It has pirates and monsters. Well, when I say monsters, not actually monsters. Not really, but an aquatic species of Silurian. If you're interested in the origins of these fascinating beings, listen to Crash 273 when I talk about the vintage adventure The Sea Devils from 1972. I recorded that in 2019. Quite a digression, let's get back to Legend of the Sea Devils. In this adventure, our friends team up with Old Earth Chinese pirates to take on a renegade sea devil with a flying ghost ship. Hmm, lots of things that I like. By the way, the pirate captain, the human Chinese pirate captain, was based on the real Zhang Yichao, or Madame Ching, who lived a long life from 1775 to 1884. She was an amazingly successful pirate who led more than 1,400 crew on 24 ships and retired rich and comfortable. Wouldn't that be great for most of us? Maybe we should all become pirate captains. The burgeoning relationship between the Doctor and Yaz comes to a reasonable denouement when the Doctor explains why it cannot be by saying, because at some point it always ends. I think that's a lovely and sad way of putting it. It is exactly what I would expect from the Doctor and my headcanon. And it is what I've said many times before when explaining what I think is going on inside that giant pompous brain of hers. The thing that I don't get is why doesn't the Doctor, if she actually desires it, seek romantic entanglement from a longer-lived species? Surely somewhere out in the big, black, starry sky... There's someone for her. As I said at the top of the show, I did think that this was Jodie Whittaker's last hurrah. Apparently it isn't, so much for my extensive research. One more adventure to go until regeneration, and of course, we'll be there to witness and celebrate the event. From what I saw in the post-credit trailers, we can expect Sophie Aldred, Ace, Tegan Yovanka played by Janet Fielding, The Master, played by Sacha Dewan, Daleks, Cyberman, a whole lot of scrumptious stuff. 
I don't know the title or the release date, though radiotimes.com states it will be a longer programme and it will be broadcast as part of the BBC centenary festivities. And by the way, I've just mentioned Sophie Aldred. You may want to go back and listen to episode 99 when I interviewed her back in 2015 under slightly trying circumstances. My interview included the sound of sniffing and carrot chopping Sophie. If you've got any views on Doctor Who Legend of the Sea Devils, let me know. If you've got any views on Doctor Who in general, just let me know because I'm a fan of the show. Let's move on. And now we're going to leave culture behind and move on to technology. After I managed to get my computer working again, I also updated a few of my desktop apps. I jumped several versions of NetHack. I'm sure there are differences under the hood of this game, but I can't see them. I also jumped, slightly disturbingly, 40 versions of Thunderbird, and found that the coloured folders are now gone, and it looks drab. Why do most updates come with a sting in the tail? Please let me know. Why does that happen? On the other hand, it does seem more stable. I also updated Firefox, but as you well know, updating Firefox is almost a daily occurrence. Elon Musk. Elon Musk may or may not take over Twitter. I literally do not care. What I care about, as far as he is concerned, is his bloody satellites that are further buggering up the already heavily light-polluted night skies. I live in an urban area of high-light pollution thanks to my demented council's waste of tax spent in the scheme of upgrading the lampposts to brain-searingly bright LED banks. The last thing I want is more light up there ruining the rest of the planet for everyone else. Elon, turn off the light switch. And finally, we are now at the end of the show... We're in the after-show section. I have some stats to relate to you regarding this podcast. Since I moved my pod files, my mp3s, to archive.org, that was on the 23rd of January 2021, I have had about 12,000 accesses to my mp3 files on that one site. I have also about 1,300 subscribers on 9 of the 68-plus platforms I am syndicated on. Those are somewhat patchy statistics, but those are the best I can do, and all I can do with those figures is interpolate an average from those figures. I'm guessing I might have around 2,000 subscribers and maybe 20,000 downloads a year. Which is fairly crap. If you're just starting podcasting, those figures may sound fairly good. They're not. I have been doing this for almost 10 years. It's just not good enough. Those downloads should be monthly, not yearly. So anything you can do 
to help me get the word out that I have a pod worth listening to, if you believe it is, in fact, a pod worth listening to, would be greatly appreciated. How can you do that? Well, listen to the end, because the end is coming up. The show that you just listened to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at roymatur.com. Did you hear that? You can find more about me or get in touch at roymatur.com. That's one way you can help. If you want to help further, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen. Recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy. Either way works for me, I just need more listeners. Or click on the contact or support link on the website. Yes, you can support the show with money via coffee. K-O hyphen F-I. That's a way of tipping me a very small amount, around £3 per tip in UK pounds, which is less than a Starbucks cup of coffee. Or, as I constantly say, just get in touch, say hello. It gives me the encouragement to carry on. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, otherwise known as Crash the UK Geek Podcast. Stupid title, I know. This was episode 432, recorded on Sunday, the 17th of April, 2022, but ending on... Monday the 18th of April 2022, because we've been going on for so long, at 000019. Thanks for listening, everyone, and bye-bye for now. Bye. Oh, and by the way, just remember, I'm taping another show tomorrow, ready for upload on Wednesday, and another show taped on Wednesday, ready for upload on Friday. Lots to listen to. Bye.